Welcome back for a duo. No Joe today. No Joe today. Just a duo. Got an hour. We've I'm very, very well aware of the, the concentrations level dip around about the 35. I know, I turned up early as well. Oh, I thought, I thought it was at 10, so I was like, right, I'll get there at 9.30 because, you know, i got to do cardio, i got to do steps. I was like, fuck, I'm going to wake up, do cardio, shower, come. And Ooh. then, and then I, I'm definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely no chance of at this stage. And uh, so I got here at like 9.30, worked for like half an hour. I was like, Tom will be walking through that door any minute. My Tom's bad. always on time. My bad. And then 10.01, I was like, what's going on? I looked back through the messages. You said 10.30. I was like, oh, I had to run. I nearly got attacked by some lady at the calf. It's I had to give it the Mayweather shoulder in case you. <laughs> that was nasty, It's very intense. She let a... Uh, months if not years worth of trauma out on time yeah i don't help it though man I, i've got a terrible tongue on me but she was screaming there was a queue i'm just ordering a water i said are you having a coffee if so can i jump in front and pay for this full blank ignore i thought no 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 that you can't do that to me rude so the woman behind the till says go on then and she lost it it's probably really had a very rude. bad day month <clears throat> very bad day maybe she got caught up in the gatwick queues i'm dreading saturday oh, I I've not experienced like airports normal since before COVID. Like they've been pretty empty since. I mean, it's probably normal now, but I've not flown for a, for a good few months. Joe's flying tomorrow, isn't he? Joe's off to Spain. Spain, a couple of days. I'm um, off to Ibiza. You got any trips on this prep planned? No. no? I did think about it. I thought right, I could do Dubai, I could do Marbella, but... One thing that I've ever learned is if you go anywhere over the two hours in yeah. a bodybuilding prep and mm. business at the moment, like I ain't got the time for it. Really? Like I really just haven't got the time for it. Yeah, I was gonna say my bay will be good, but even when you land in my bay, it's still an hour to Puerto Banos. Just, so it's just too and then I gotta do the steps and the cardio. Yeah. You get there on the Friday, then you gotta work until eight PM on the Friday, yeah, then it's yeah, like yeah. Uh, Step, you leave Sunday. Steps around my bay are lovely though. Like I could the, the port. Yeah, so I do the port down up past M thirteen, round, get a coffee. Cinnamon bun. Here's one thing that I was going to ask you about. Go on. I actually wrote this down and things to talk to you about. And I think maybe the viewers can see So what are your considerations for going on holiday alone versus not? Because I've never been away on my own. So when I saw you were making us I thought, I would love to do that. Yeah. To not think about how the other person's feeling. Do we need to get up and do this? Do we need to make the most of this day? If I feel shit, I won't. If I feel tired, I won't. If I feel good, I'll go do something. So I wonder, is there any different considerations? Do you do anything different than if you were to go away with, I mean, just as an example, an ex-partner, a parent or yeah, whatever? Yeah, no, I mean, it's totally, sometimes when you go with your partner, you're kind the good thing about my ex is that we were almost mirrored each other. So we'd have, we'd be in sync. Like if we had a busy day on one day, the next day we'd be just lounging about. Yeah, yeah, So that, like, because it's not like, you know, them partners that are so chilled and want to do a hike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we, we weren't like that. But I went to my bar on my own a couple of Februarys ago. That was nice yeah, yeah, just yeah. to get away. But Mykonos was the first time I went and started eating dinner on my own. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit, the first night I was a little bit nervous, a little bit you know, apprehensive to sit down. But then they thought, I think they thought I was a food critic. Okay. Because obviously I was like dressing up and that and I yeah, rocked yeah. up and studying the menu. And then I thought, oh, maybe if I like, play into this, the service was unreal. Mr. Moore, can I get anything? I'm thinking, oh my God. So yeah. But in terms of considerations, I, I went with a, a kind of routine in my head. I just wanted to mirror mirror my home routine on holiday. Yeah. But then I'd box everything off in the morning, I'd do my client check-ins and then I had the whole day. But it's nice, yeah, because some days I had, well, I usually, I'm, I'm quite meticulous in planning, aren't I? So I know yeah. like I'm going beach club on Thursday or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was just nice to wake up, walk around town, train at different times. I suppose that's like the more relaxing thing now, like I'm not bodybuilding, is that my training times, expenditure times, cardio types yeah. can just change. As long as it's been ticked off on a daily basis, it's... It was very, it's, mate, it was like almost euphoric sometimes. Yeah, that's how I feel. No, it's, no, it seems a little weird just going on holiday on your own, but it was, it was really like, I feel like it was the final puzzle, final piece of the puzzle for me, sorting that out just to be right, okay, what's happened's happened a couple of, like over the last year, I'm in a good spot now, it's time to just, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. 100%. I can definitely understand how people do like find themselves in those spirit, more spiritual places. You're truly left to your own devices, like w mm. without a conversation to influence your day no, exactly. other than th like the only conversation you have is someone who doesn't know you yeah you know so it's completely unbiased and this is uh, this is what i thought about therapy is it's, it's the first time that you can have a conversation with someone who's not involved in your life absolutely about like pretty private things if you want yeah to. 
And when you go out to a place on your own, you're left with your own thoughts to mull over. You don't need to think about certain things. That, and Mate, I, I highly know, recommend everyone yeah. do it. I've been interested in thinking I about think, it. I think you should. I think you'd, I think you'd really enjoy it as well. Obviously, being in an environment whereby you've got your gym and that, it's always handy. Bring my Mac with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but like, I need that. Uh, that work element keeps me quite disciplined. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I nearly thought about like, I think on previous holidays before when I've been online coaching, I, I'd say to clients, all right, I'm going away for a week. You know, let's either check in on a Friday, all of us check in Friday and then I've got seven days off. But I quite like that element of still being yeah. on the- I think control. if you're on your own, it's probably a bit easier. Yeah, of course. Fill the day a little bit. Yeah, that was always difficult being with a partner and having to check in online, but I'd do it first thing as soon as I wake up like a couple hours before they get up I think is what's best and you can crack on with a day yeah but no it's nice it's really good I think you should definitely do it maybe go to an actual proper like retreat Mykonos is hardly finding yourself it's fucking yeah. materialism everywhere you take one step step into Mykonos town it's Louis Vuitton and this and that yeah. which I quite like but I do I, that, I came back and thought I do now want to do something like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always think it's a bit mm, fucking b Bali and Thailand and stuff like that. But everyone, everyone that's been there has had a really good time. Yeah, no, I'm keen. I'm keen to go Far East again. I'm ready. Been before, yeah. Yeah, I've been many times, like to Thailand, Phuket, mm. some of the islands, then Cambodia. But just the the people there, unbelievable. Yeah. How so? Just get a completely different perspective on life. Like, yeah, you. I mean, and don't get me wrong, you do say in England. I don't say in England because I'm privileged. Like I don't see the 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 true like disparity of people. Right, sure. I don't see people who are, are, are poverty stricken who struggle for food. Who your one butt or one pound or one dollar yeah. is their day's food. Like you don't see that. And then, but I don't see that in England anyway because I'm in my little cocoon in my bubble. But when you go there and you put yourself into it, but then you see them their attitude and their their mentality and their their happiness, like they exude it. And I think so many people say that, I say, how are they so content with with so little? And uh, you know, that's that Far East mentality a lot of the time. Yeah, we, need to, we need to implement a bit of that. And it's true that they they do do like happiness scales, didn't they? Is, isn't it, is it Norway that's the most happiest? Or quote unquote happiness, happiest? Maybe, maybe one of them. Yeah, I'd like, Definitely I'd not the UK. like to travel over there. So you never, you've never experienced that sort of level of... Not in England. Surely when you're living in like Easter, yeah. Where did you stay in East? Yeah, Bethnal Green, the heart yeah, of Bethnal Green. Come on. I mean, I experienced it, but like I was more worried about my own anxiety and yeah. fucking surviving day to day. Yeah. Rather sure. than looking around and thinking, <laughs> how can, you know, I was thinking, how am I going to get up these stairs and not get fucking stabbed? Mm. That was more what I was worried about. I was so I was like in a cocoon of fear for very long, for a very long time. Mm. And I couldn't, until I got out of it, I couldn't, I didn't realize what I was in. It was pretty hectic, to be honest. Mm. Well, then I, I said to Josh before we started, we had a few questions. I appreciate everyone sending over some questions, but I thought we'd be a good time to take this opportunity to uh, give the, the viewers and listeners a, a little understanding of who we are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people do tune in and listen to us and don't really know who we are. But where was Josh Bridgman born? Where was he born and raised? Born in Gloucester. Right. Gloucestershire in a rural, predominantly white, middle-class family. Mm. Single child. Uh, parents of divorce when I was 13. Really? Thir I was going to say when... 12, 13, when yeah. Um, went to private school until year six, so until 11, did my 11 plus, went to a grammar school, so you can already hear the privilege oozing out of my mouth. Pause. <laughs> uh, went to a grammar school, did my grammar school, stayed at my grammar school's sixth form, and then went to university, so that's like a very typical route for most British British media, middle class people, um, at least from where I was around, like it was like, you you go from your 11 plus into school, right, now we work towards the GCSEs, you do your GCSEs, now we work towards your A-levels, right, yeah. these A-levels are for your university degree, yeah. right, university degrees for your job. And I was just told that over and over again. And Interesting. Never sat well, it never sat well. I felt oh. so much anxiety about going to university, about picking subjects that I didn't really like, about, you know, leaving my whole family to go study something that, I probably didn't want to study them for the rest of my life. Mm. And the whole thing just felt a little bit wrong to me. Um, I think the pressure is mounted a lot more on achieving those certain results. I think, I definitely think times have changed now whereby that kind of Gary V influence of school is failing people is now yeah, more yeah, kind of, it's filtered down to like more people now. 100%. And I think we're probably maybe a little bit younger than us, but we're probably the first ones that are actually doing the whole social media thing as a like a job now, do you know what I mean? I know yeah, there's people yeah. before us, but I think this is like the 
the pr the people prior to us were more like the the almost test tube. Yeah, the founders that like yeah. finding their footing, the first explorers, like the original YouTube wave. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And then we can kind of learn from that. But uh, taking it back to to when you were a kid, mum and dad split at thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, thirteen years old. Um, affected you? You know what? I had this weird thing in me that I never really felt much. Yeah. I never really felt like uh, I didn't feel super sad. I never really resented either one of the parties. Like my, forget my dad cheated on my mum. Completely ruined my mum. My mum's mentality, mental health, for de for a decade. Mm. Uh, I was so young and naive. I didn't really see it. And or my mum was so strong, she didn't show it. Yeah. One of those two two things. So I was pretty numb to it. I didn't realize the impact it had. I didn't realize uh, the impacts of me. Uh, like just openly going to see my dad the day after it happened and and all that like I just didn't I didn't really compute the the destruction that had happened yeah uh and I wonder whether a lot of that kind of leaked out later in life mm. um it's quite late 12 13 because I was three I didn't I yeah no so you better remember it yeah I think I had one memory of being at my mum's crying just thinking like where's dad yeah and then I actually he came and collected me and I was like well this is quite cushy I've got two houses now yeah, like yeah that's the way we all thought about it because my whole primary school in Elliott Bank in Lucian were like, our nuclear family was almost a split family. Like every time I go around someone's house, it would be a different house every time. It'd be mum, yeah. auntie, granddad, dad. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was quite normal for us, I suppose. So it was, that was nice. My, my issues were going into year seven. Yeah. So did you, go, did you have friends when you went from primary into year seven? Uh, so none of them followed me. Uh, none of them followed me because I was in a private school. So a lot of the private school kids stayed on. Sure. Um, but I was like a a big fish in a little pond in the in the mm. in the primary school, and I was just told how I'm going to be a, a little fish in a big pond when I get put into the grammar school with sure. tens of thousands or a thousand people or whatever it is. Um, I was still a big big fish in that of pond. Of course, mate. <laughs> of course, you're a big fish. You've got a big fish mentality anyway. You have to. I struggle with that. Year seven, going into a brand new school, was yeah. tough, man. That was probably some of my hardest years. I mean, your your schooling was completely different from mine, even yeah. from a from a culture perspective. Yeah. Uh, from like what the norms, what your norms were, were probably very different from yeah. mine. So, I don't know. Maybe talk a little bit about what that culture was like at yeah. school. And there's a couple of pictures. My, my old man keeps all the pictures from. You know, like uh, school year pictures. There's a couple of times whereby I wouldn't say the, there was like a white minority, but there was a couple of times where I thought, "Wow, that's what a split that is." Yeah. But like, and that, but that, you know, that for me is London. Do you know what I mean? That multicultural element is yeah. London. So when you hear all these fucking outrageous games like, "Oh, we got to get back our country," it's got to be white. You think that ain't London? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The multicultural, different cuisine and different religions, and that's what I was used to. So when I went to year seven i migrated towards those yeah. ethnic groups because i was that was just my comfort that was so comfortable because i'd be going around these different houses having different dinners all the time and i loved it it was absolutely quality so stepping into year seven in a very very white school was like god this is tough yeah. so i went i went in my shell man they were the, some of the hardest yeah, yeah. years i remember just being in tears every day just crying in class i'd look out the window as if i got something in my eye I was like, I wanted, I want to go back to the boys in because you just felt uncomfortable. I felt alone, man. I wanted to, I wanted to go back to Forest Hill, which is where I grew up, and see my lot. But you know that that ain't. You, you look at where some of those lot are now. It's you know that small, small kind of um, tribe mentality in the sense that they they haven't gone out. Yeah. They've born, they stay there. They're, they're do, and it's not not that we should fucking look down at our nose at any type of job. But I'm just saying it's like. They've gone into that and that's like them done. Whereas I suppose the mental resilience that I learned from that quite early age has toughened me up as, as I got older. Yeah. Like my ability to handle things now is quite like, yeah. you know, apart from people in cafes that want to take my head off. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm usually quite good at handling things, but yeah, yeah it was and good. Then, and then you obviously that's all year 11. Then from year 11, you went to an apprenticeship, right? I did sixth form. Oh, you did sixth form? I did form. sixth form, yeah. I didn't quite get the grades to go in, so I was actually in... In year 13, I was in a year 12 class. Okay, yeah. I was like the big kid in the... <laughs> my, I, I had a few friends in there actually from the year below. They were quite cool. But I did economics and business because my, my uh, economics teacher liked me. He said, yeah, just come back. And that, and thankfully allowed me to do what I, my passion, which was physical education and media. Yeah. So it's like arguably the two things I'm sort of doing now as yeah, a career. Yeah. So yeah, they were, they, they were the, the two subjects that I liked. I didn't really get on with school. I don't think m many people do. No, I, I think... 
some people really do find themselves there. I found myself a little bit later, for sure. Mm. Uh, it was very like a confusing time for me. I didn't really, and like this is kind of what told me that my brain was, my body, I am here for something a little bit bigger because it, the things didn't really compute for me. Like I didn't get why I was being challenged to memorize the last year. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm really good at that. Mm. Yeah, so I did fuck all, <clears throat> always. Uh, same at university, I did fuck all. Yeah. And I could pass everything because I'm good at exams. Mm. And I used to sit next to the kid who was 10 times smarter than me. I used to copy his work in class because when he had time in class and no pressure, yeah. he was good. And I'd get better marks than him. And my brain was like, this just doesn't like actually make sense. I'm yeah. It's completely flawed. Uh, not, and I didn't like rebel because of it and say fuck all this. I kind of like carried on in my normal sheepy yeah. ways. But there was something that wasn't computing. and uh, I was the same. Even if you like uniform. Yeah. I used to rock up in like skinny black jeans. They're like, nice, but, but how is, I'm here to learn. Yeah. And I was like cheeky little boy. I said, look, the, the fact that I'm wearing black skinny jeans instead of black suit trousers, yeah. it's not going to affect my learning. Yeah. We used to come in every day and they used to say, you're not going to change, right? I said, no. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. I mean? We used to have uniform cards, right? Blue, a traffic light system. You'd have blue, yellow, and then red. Traffic yeah? light system. And if you got, if you had your shirt untucked. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. you tie down or anything like that, you'd get a signature on your card. And if you've got three, you graduate to the next card. Mm. Fill up the blue one, after school detention straight away. Right. Fill up the yellow one, internal suspension, which means you miss a day's lessons. Yeah. I obviously got a red every single term. Yeah. Because yeah. you come in from football, you've got like mud marks oh, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like, you're like absolutely stinking and they're trying to make you put the blazer on. Yeah. I'm thinking, nah, I'm not doing that. So I got externally expe uh, expelled at least four or five times for having my shirt untucked nine times. Like that's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, of course it is. As a 14 year old boy, yeah. full of testosterone and like running around every single day, like. Mm, it's hard though. Well, when we have kids now, cause, he, cause he's gonna come to me and, and I'm gonna think, oh, I was <laughs> like that. But I'm gonna have to be proactive and say, no, look, yeah. you gotta tuck your shirt. They were some of the best days, those football games. They were yeah. lethal, mate. Last goal wins. We used to take, take chunks out of each other during those. Brutal, games. mate. Year Brutal. 11, year 12. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I suppose a lot of people do have that that kind of... Did you ever have Saturday detentions? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I had Saturday detentions. Nine till, nine till 12. We had reports cards. I was on... I think I got to, like, red report. Brutal, mate. Yeah. I just... Some of, the, some of the punishment systems were a little bit confusing. Mm. Uh, but I also... I'm not going to sit here and say I know the answer. Like, I wouldn't know how to fucking control 100 boys playing football. No, exactly. I wouldn't know how to do that. So they've got yeah. to put some kind of system in place. I suppose there's that element of why do I need to learn this? Because there's definitely some things I look back now and think, what the, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah, doing and, and also you also think back and think, why wasn't I learning that? Yeah. And now, guess what? I didn't pay my taxes for the first year that I did anything. Bang. And then I had to pay them for two years. Mm. And I went, oh, why is that? No one told me that. Yeah. Oh, your accountant should have. I didn't know I needed to get an accountant. Yeah. It's so, so who's going to fucking tell me that, right? It's and so you learn true. these, and people learn these just the awful way. And, uh, you know, Amy's 10 years into her career, uh, and she's now had to just get an accountant because obviously you hit a, a threshold where there's, when you're in a company and you get uh, given dividends, you get given shares, you get given XYZ. It's yeah. a little bit more complicated. And she's 10 years into her career and now has to hire an accountant. And she's just like, what is, why have I never been told this? Yeah. Instead, she just got a bill and goes, what's the bill for? Oh, nice. Ring man. HMRC. Oh, it's because you've done this. How am I supposed to know? What does that mean? What's this? Ta I don't know what this tax code means. No, I wonder if the syllabus will, will ever change. Yeah, tax 101. Yeah, I know that, that's just like a basic, isn't it? I think that's quite a, a, a reoccurring theme in like people need to learn learn about tax and food. Food, what like nutrition? Yeah, that we said that, didn't we? Yeah. But then I suppose we can monetize that, can't we? To a yeah, certain save degree. it for us. You can yeah. pay us. <laughs> or, I mean, Joe Wicks has done probably one of the best jobs at doing that because yeah, 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 yeah. He is like the teacher for the kids from a food aspect. Yeah, hundred percent. We need to be the Joe Wicks of the social media game for younger kids. Yeah. But then it's like the moral compass, isn't it? Should we be teaching kids in primary school and secondary school yeah. about algorithms and and I I I think we should. I think we. I remember my mum and dad. At, well, more more so my mum when I used to tell her, "Look, mum, I'm going to be doing this full time." Like. Leave me alone. No, go and get a fucking job. You're out. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm off then. So I went, lived in a little studio flat. And then, like, as, you, as the YouTube channel starts to slowly grow, yeah, yeah. then there's stresses. But I can completely understand, like, if I, back then, had been so used to, like, that upbringing of primary school, secondary school, being a nurse, my dad a teacher, and then their son all of a, son all of a sudden says, I'm going to do YouTube for a job. They're like, no chance, mate. Yeah. Whereas I think if we have children now, yeah, yeah. we're in a spot like my... Uh, my old boss, Luke Johnson, 
in his sort of father position now to teach his kids the ins and outs of marketing and that that is like yeah. gold dust that is for them yeah you Probably. gotta think the next the next uh next gen whatever the, yeah the next logan paul the next jake paul whoever else ksi like they're already on the planet and, they and and they've and they don't know it. and they and they've had an iPhone in their phone in their hands since four. Mm. Whereas for us, it was eighteen. Cool. And we have, we've I've got ten years of experience on iPhones. Well, by the time they're my age, they've got twenty. But <laughs> but I think we are the unique generation whereby I think we're going to benefit the most. Hundred percent. We grew we've up had, with toys. Exactly, and we've had our foot in the real world, the the before yeah. e world, electronic yeah, world, yeah, yeah. where. What time you're home? Four thirty, and if you're not home by four thirty, you're getting your ass whooped. Awesome. And like you, you know, you've got credit that runs out on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got <clears throat> Nokia Snake. No Wi-Fi. Mum, get off the fucking phone. Yeah. That bollocks. I used to love. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's why I think we've, we from like a, a psychological point of view, have developed are a little bit more developed in in this world. Yeah. Because we've also got personalities whereby some people are like, yeah. just completely dead behind the eyes. And there's also a personality that's us in real life. Mm. Like, you get those people who are, what's up, guys? What's going on? Yeah. Welcome back to the video, blah, 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 blah. And then you go see him in real life. Ross Dickerson's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, what's up, good, 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 good. And then you see him in real life, he's quiet as a mouse, and, unless there's a camera on him. Yeah. And it's and it's like <clears throat> this persona that people think they need for social media, mm. which, you know what? I'm not going to lie, it probably works for some people, but. I get a bit of that, though, man. I get, I get a lot of. You know, when I first meet people, they're like, oh, I thought you'd be a bit different, but that's... Maybe that's just being shy, though. Yeah, but that, not even shy. I just like to sit back. I like to take in the room. Like, I don't... Yeah, yeah. I'd never walk into a room in Team Cycles vlog style or, like, on the way... Okay. Or, like, on the way... You know how I'm on the way to the okay, gym, yeah. I've got pre-workout and I'm dancing and that. I would yeah. never just bust into a room doing that. I need to, like, understand the room first. Yeah. When did uh, Team Cycles become Team Cycles? Was there a... Is there a... Is there a Thomas More? Or is TM Cycles Tim was more? And when did this? Well, I've been all over the place, mate. I've been. I like, know. I've been split. I've been the same person. I've been three different people. Yeah. I think I'm. I'm. I'm back now. I'm. Yeah. I feel like I've gone round. Yeah. Like that film, but now I'm. Now I'm back to being Tom. Back to being Tom Moore. But I suppose the TM Cycles element came when the money sort of started coming in. Really. When was that? Or or, or how long before you? I know you worked for SPS for a while while you're doing your own thing on the side. Yeah. I guess like what was your moment where you went, right, I'm gonna do this myself now? When I, good question, yeah. It was when I could feel Luke getting a little bit agitated with the lack of work that I was doing for him. Because you're interested in Yeah, else. because I and he, he knew but he I think he knew it was coming and I think it's natural for kind of create creatives in that position to kind of yeah. you know, the the the, the life right. cycle of people in those job roles you know it's quite high turnover yeah so uh i sort of said to him when he went away look look i think it's probably time and he said i knew it was coming mate yeah. i'm still here for you like yeah. and, he, and i love that bloke i love him you know for for, yeah. for the rest of my life with the uh, uh things that he's given me to do like the, the the tools but it was at that point where i was like right yeah i've got to do it myself and it was scary though man i think the biggest fear for when we do that is the financial net yeah because we've got a consistent say 1800 quid coming in from sbs yeah. So all the other money's like ka-ching. Yeah. When even though it's only eighteen hundred in the grand scheme of things, yeah. that's big for when that cover when that covers your base fees. Everything. Everything else is profit. Profit, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I was buzzing, I was like, nah, nah, I can't do it. But then I think within the the, the two months, the time that I had You're making that I think I tripled that yeah. like within a couple of weeks, man. The member site started going live and then that gathered a lot of momentum and I thought, God, if we're onto something here, I suppose. So it was at that turning point where the arrogant, quite fucking narcissistic not very nice bloke came in because it was, it was the the addiction of the seeing the the money, yeah. you know. And then when when the money dips, you panic. Oh, I made a ten k month this week, did fifteen k, and I've gone back to twelve. I'm thinking, what's happened? Yeah. I can't go out now. No, you can keep quiet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then <clears throat> from a relationship point of view, that's when it probably started to break down a little bit. And then you do you try and slap, you know, materialistic goods on to make up for the lack of emotion that you should be giving. So it was at that point, like the TM cycle was kind of guy came in, yeah, and then uh, I'm, you know, I think it's probably obvious now. I've separated from my partner about a year and a half now. So it, the last, I'd say, year and a half has been very much a kind of recalibrate, kind of understand mm. 
who I am, what I'm doing here, my purpose. And it's been great, man. It's bittersweet. It's tough because, you know, you go, like I said before on YouTube, on the, on the YouTube channel, when you lose something like that, it's hard because you gain, what I've gained from that is massive. Like I've, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I feel like I'm back in a real good spot, but it, you, it consistently, you know, ask myself, was it worth it? Do you know what I mean? That's probably the one area I need to drop off. Like, I just need to go, look, it's happened now. These things happen. Yeah, draw the line. Draw the line, unfortunately. You know, what will be, will be. And uh, But yeah, the growth over the last year and a half has been has been mad, you know yeah. what I mean? It's been a hell of a lot, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, I fucking got choked up speaking to you last week, didn't I? I was, I just, know, in yeah, a, yeah. I was just in a mad spot, I think. Because when you go from up here, with all the money coming in and that, and to like nothing, really, you sort of lose the financial element to it, but increase the happiness. Yeah. But then, because you've been so used to seeing that money come in the bank, you do start getting a little bit, oh God. Of course. But it's the worst spot to be in because you start to be become very frantic and start doing things and, you know. Panicky. Oh, let, me, let me try and do this. Get this money in. Business money. venture, or let me try. It's like, no, look, strip it right back. Yeah. What I am good at and what I love to do is content creation. And that's why I wanted to go into what we're doing next. So, yeah, it's been a hell of a journey. Yeah. And I feel like we've all got so much more to give, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, I think it's really important, to, like for the people that listen, like that that year and a half, like those typical measurements of progress that you that we do as just actually fucking humans, money in bank, yeah, car, house, mm. watch, those those typical things, and and right, sometimes it's okay, but that progress is not everything. No. And that progress that Tom's made, whether it's been emotionally, emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, his his own mental uh, armor, armor has, has strengthened. Mm. Like that, those progresses are things that you should be tracking as maybe more importantly than the finance, maybe first, mm. and then worry about the finances after. And I think yeah. so many people get lost in 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 finances. And I've been personally lucky that I've just I've had a partner who doesn't give a fuck what I earn, really? doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Uh, I wish. Sometimes I wish it did, and I could get a little bit more like, oh, yeah, like well done, that's unbelievable. But I think it's helped me keep me grounded and realize that it's it's just uh, it's massively. just part, part of the plan. Hundred percent, massively. So, yeah. you can, and you can get that external pat on the back from elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. it's good to have a partner like that that's, that that keeps you. You know, my, my ex-partner definitely kept me grounded. I'd kind of go to her before I'd post something that I thought would be a bit, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, bit, yeah. And I've lost that now because I, sometimes I'll, I'll do a story and think, I don't know if I'm allowed to post that. Yeah. How's that going to make me look? And yeah. I don't know if that's a good way to think because you should just post it anyway. As long yeah. as it's not fucking like racist or anything yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? But there's an element of like, since she's gone, there's an element of like, how am I going to be perceived? Because I'm still, you know, aware that maybe her friends are watching my stuff and vice versa. So I don't want to be too disrespectful, but there's also an element of like, well, this is my life now, you know. I kind of got into a bit of a different chapter with content creation and more lifestyle stuff. And what comes with that is that kind of, you know, why boy element you just, you kind of get wrapped up in. And I certainly don't want to go back to what I was before. And I'm not. It's just being very kind of nonchalant behind camera and kind of just sort of saying things here and there. Yeah. So with you, you did sociology at uni, was it? Uh, criminology, criminology and criminology. social policy. Sorry. Wow. Because I, uh, you know what, like, I'm, I've been pretty money focused for a lot of my life, I'm going to be honest. I've, I do enjoy the things that come with money. Mm. And I thought, right, what's a really good job? Right, if I can be a police inspector, I can earn 50k a year, I can mm. retire at 50, mm. and I can have a 50 to 60k a year pension. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that sounds good. What can I do? Well, I was doing sociology at the time. I really enjoyed the crime side. And actually I did some, I did forensic psychology in uh, in uh, in university. I did some really, like we did crimes, like literal crime, like make believe crime scenes. Yeah. It was really, really interesting. And uh, obviously as ambition grows, as I started smoking a bit more weed, I thought I'm probably not gonna get into the police. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Cause you got to take a drug test. And I was like, all right, cool. People are gonna start that stupid for a bit of weed, but you know what it is, what it is. Mm. So I originally went in to do, to become a policeman, to become, to climb that ladder. If you went in, if you go into the police with a degree, you only have to do 18 months on the beat, rather than uh, on foot, rather than three years. Really? So you're half your time, and then you can become an officer, then you can get gun trained, you can get all these different things. Like, yeah. And I was looking into it and I thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I like helping people. Like, it'd be pretty cool to be a policeman. One that's not bent for once, you no. know, one that's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, And then obviously as I went through uni, I discovered myself, bruh, mm. like, uh, and 
realized there's a lot more to this world. There's a lot more things that I'm passionate about. There are things that I love in this world that I didn't know that I knew before. Like I never, I don't, don't really think that I loved something until I found bodybuilding. Amazing. And I played football for Aston Villa. I played rugby for Gloucester Rugby Club. Very, very, very high levels. I played against England. I played for England school, school, school teams, mm-hmm. and I never felt like this about bodybuilding, that I, like I did for those two. So that kind of made me realize, right? There's something that you can do here, and something that I can do here. So, it took me a long time, but I, I, I kind of documented my process, trying to be a social media person for as long as possible. Yeah, pretty sporadically, to be honest, until about 25. Had a few business ideas with my friends that they kind of we'd convinced each other we needed to move to London for that. Right. And I thought London's a place of opportunity. I can train Absolutely. with good people, I can train in good gyms, also do this business opportunity. For uh, Unfortunately, we didn't have the budget available to really move to London, so we ended up in Bethnal Green. Yeah. Because <laughs> the only place we could afford. We're all super naive and didn't really know what Bethnal Green was at the time. Uh, but we were in the one of the only buildings in Bethnal Green that hadn't been renovated. And it was just, it was horrendous. There were bars on my windows, which I didn't understand why. Mm. I had to lock a front gate of my door in case someone boots it in. I didn't know why. Mm. And it was just, it was the, one of the craziest experiences. I got attacked three times. I saw someone jump off a building and just, that's it. They're gone. And oh. there were blood everywhere. Police came, rolled him into a bag, took him away. Woman comes with a water bottle and sprays the water down and walks yeah, off. Like it's nothing. And it was just like, it was the most surreal thing looking around of all these kids looking at, kind of still laughing and joking. And there was just a dead person down there. It was one of the craziest, most horrific times of my life. Mm. Forced me to uh, pack it in. I was dealing with so much anxiety, so much day to day fear, actual fear of just like getting robbed. Literally, I wasn't like anxious because, oh, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. I literally thought I was getting robbed every day. Mm. Got attacked three times, been punched in the head three times by someone from behind me trying to rob me. And it's, I was like, right, I need to go. Uh, my mum paid two months rent for me, mm-hmm. took my contract break, I came home. And this is again where the privilege oozes through. I, I could go back home to my safe home with my yeah. mum, immediately just felt calm. And I could kind of build myself from the ground up. Good man. And uh, What was the business idea that you all had? Uh, so, you know what, we were before our time, it was a CBD drink. Okay. Um, wow. so we've, we've we've still got all, oh the, all, all these logos. Yeah, it was it was about it was uh, I was twenty twenty two, so seven years ago. We called it Hemp Life. Mate, and you'd have been way before it. Yep, yeah, it was really really good, and like we'd managed to uh, homogenize the CBD because it was really difficult at the time because we wanted real oil. Mm. Not these people just use the powder; it's yeah. a bit fake. So with the real oil, we homogenized it. We had the amazing flavors. We'd spent ten grand between us that we'd all lent off our parents, and uh, we slowly realized that. How'd you sell it? Oh my god! You know, who'd you who'd you go to? You you even you even need to pay someone for a connection to Sainsbury's, Tesco's, which we were trying to do. Yeah, or you've got social media. We didn't. We couldn't do that one, and we eventually couldn't afford the first one. Shit, man! So I pulled out of it and said, "I need to go chase my own dreams." Two people stayed in it, and they obviously folded eventually. But that's that's annoyed me. Because I reckon if you had some it decent backing. Yes, it was genius. Hemp Life, the branding was super Hemp sexy. Life, yeah, that's really good. You know, Dragon, you, th- Dragon's Den was about. Yeah, I mean, we should have done in, in hindsight. We just, I wish I could take my business brain now and, and, and do it then. I, we just didn't know how to apply ourselves. Mm. We didn't know how to find the right contacts. We were looking at buying the homogenizer and doing it ourselves in our garage for like 18 grand. I'm like, that's just not sustainable. How are you going to put it in a bottle? How are you going to keep it hygienic? And we were just, it was really, really difficult. Um, that's mad, I didn't know that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's way before your time, man. Yeah, way, way, way before, before, before hemp. Or, You'd be billionaires or, by now, you know that. Yeah. If you had a little investment, someone said, I'd like this idea. And like we had merch idea. In fact, I had a Hemp Life hoodie. Merch ideas, it was sick. And uh, anyway, that folded and I came to pursue my social media dream. And what age was that? 25. 25. Yeah. And you're now 29. 29, 30 this year. 30 this year? New Year's Eve. So, yeah. yeah, I'm 30 next year. Four and a half year. years, yeah. Still, man, the, the the progress in the four years has been insane. Yeah, it's been a snowball journey. I think um, I'd built a little bit of a following before I kind of went, maybe like ten or 12,000 people that followed me. I remember just getting the swipe up when I moved home. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people always question about is like, how do you, how do you kind of... Um, you know, how do you get over that initial hurdle of like the first thousand followers? Yeah, it's showing up, man. And it like, is, isn't it? 
I was speaking to uh, my my second coach, Ethan, yesterday, and he's like, I finally feel like I can talk on camera. He's been doing it for two years. Two years? Yeah. What, and, what do you mean? Then, like, does he not speak on stories? Uh, not very well, or he didn't very well. Yeah. He, he felt awkward with cameras and, and microphones. And mm. I was I was pretty awkward for a long time when I look back at my videos, like maybe awkward. a year. I mean, obviously some people take to it a little bit easier, mm. but this that if that is not the biggest call for just doing it, and getting the shit time out of the way. Like, put, go put in your time. If you can put in that time earlier, you know, you're gonna get better at it quicker. Of course. And you don't necessarily have to worry too much about personality. You gotta look at like the triangle, personality, value, and then the kind of content that's being created. If you can box off at least two of them, yeah. you know, if you can provide value at some kind of level of decent cinematography, yeah. Yeah. then you it, it's, it's okay. Cause you look yeah. at like, uh, who's the, uh, who's the YouTuber that does all the tech stuff? Is it Marcus Brownlee? Oh yeah. Like him, personality-wise, I think he's definitely come into himself, you know, he's a sure. very entertaining character. I, I, I kind of lose myself in his videos sometimes, but that value and cinematography element has just yeah, meant that he's rocketed. Yeah. So I think people listening don't need to worry too much about, like, how am I going to... For sure. Know. I think the things that people forget about value, value can be mm. funny, value can be aesthetics, Absolutely. value can be education, value can be uh, anything, a joke. Like, it can, you know, something that someone goes, ah, you know, that's literally all it is. Someone that makes someone think, and and that's pretty much like when I got home when I was twenty five. That's when I committed. That's when I was like, "This is a job now," yeah. and I posted every day, and I started on YouTube, and obviously built built the dream. And so you were around twenty five when you came to Mygaff, was it? Yeah, man, uh, yeah. twenty five. I was seeing Amy then. Yeah, and she was in Sunbury. Right, and okay. you were like, I was like, "Yes, yeah, no, it's about ten minutes away, no problem," because I was just like, I just want to train with you. And I drove like an hour and a half. I, no. No, I drove, I drove, I drove, I forgot my camera. I forgot my camera. Yeah. I left it at home. Oh, so I drove oh. two hours home to no, drive three hours back in that day. Oh, yeah. Josh, should have asked me for a camera, mate. Nah. Plenty, plenty nah, like I couldn't show up like an amateur. That's got, but I mean, that's mad growth for the both of us because that feels like 10 years ago. Feels like so, so long ago. I feel I've aged as well since then, man. I feel drained sometimes. <laughs> like that, that, to, to think that was four years ago. Yeah, four and a half years ago. Pretty much, I think it was. It was February, February, four and a half years ago. So, I mean, since then, it's been it's been absolutely crazy for me. Anyway, like obviously we built the brand Monomar now, mm. uh, which was something that I really, really wanted to do from day one. Yeah, I was going to say, how, when when did that first idea kind of? When did you flirt with that? Merch, merch, JBF Brigade, yeah, Expenditure Gang. Yeah, I remember, man. I yeah, used to do Q and A's and call it Expenditure Gang. I, fucking put the hashtag on a t-shirt mate it's stuff like that you know what I mean and that, that, that I, I, re I realised that the limit there was Josh Bridgman Fitness Brigade yeah and I was like this needs to go this needs to go and uh, one of my was already something I was saying in my life so obviously it fits perfectly with the mindset and lifestyle so then I just swapped the name and then we made our first merch in or one of our merch in 2000 I'm going to say 2019 December and then probably waited three or four months until March and then we did March 2020 and then we did the uh, the cuffs yeah and then since then I mean we've sold 12,000 pairs of cuffs and we've, we've done 16,000 orders this year May to May and that's that was 21 that's 21 to 22 16,000 orders um I mean even the year but the year before must have been 5,000 so you know we've over doubled every year that since we've been starting and for someone of like, from a, like a ratio perspective of like your, say your followers to sales. That, yeah, that it's is really high conversion. Man. Really, really high conversion. I think that's what probably we all do quite well is our conversion because we've created that stable base of followers from the get go. Yeah. And we've never really kind of slid or, or became people that we weren't. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's key for any, anyone looking to start is that element I know it's very cliche to always be yourself but <laughs> I think it's so crucial man Yeah. because you, you find yourself you see some of these big YouTubers that have got hundreds of thousands and they come to sell a product and they can't nothing. no conversion no I've been there we've worked we've worked for individuals where we thought we'd get a, quite a big paycheck off the back of this yeah you know I mean I know a couple of people as well that would work with influencers they own a company and they uh take on board an influencer and they'll, you know, a bit of marketing towards it. Guys, I'm going live on Monday. Make sure you buy this product. They sit and wait for the orders yeah. to come in. Nothing. And you think that is, yeah. that's, you've missed a very, very major flaw here. Yeah. If, if you've got an inability to convert like that. I feel like 
a lot of that comes down to the message and the persona and like the vision. Mm. If such, it kind of sounds cliche, but like within within business, you have like your mission statement, right? Yeah. And now, right, yeah, you can go right out your mission statement, but a mission statement is almost like something that you live by. Mm -hmm. And me and Tom have always worn, and Joe, um, who's not here, have always worn our heart on our sleeve. Mm. So people know our vision. People know who we are as people. People know what we're trying to do in terms of helping people and whatnot. Yeah. And I think when you can see and feel the vision of a brand like Gymshark, you know, like Alphalete, mm. like Lululemon, you and like Nike, you mm. know, you you feel the brand. And obviously we are the brand, Josh Bridgman to TM Cycles, mm. we are the brand. People feel our brand, they resonate so hard with with us because I think our vision is, is pretty clear and who we are as people is, is super clear. And I think often those people who hang up in the echelons of 100 to 500K and yeah. they're getting their 2,000 likes, a couple of thousand likes, who we get easily, by the way, mm. and you start to think, you've gone wrong there and that's that that's that vision that's that statement that's what you stand for it's, it's not quite there mm. people don't quite bargain it you're there to look at you're not there to buy from that's very you know? true and it's a very good point and it's they like um, to look at. And it's like a celebrity throwaway comment uh, throwaway follow isn't it yeah you just sort of exactly follow, exactly you just sort that. of follow tom hardy or you follow exactly the rock exactly that because he's the rock not necessarily what the rock is providing exactly that's i mean so it must true. be a hard spot for people to i know i've seen people kind of fucking melt all my remember sean thompson yeah. Remember Sean Thompson? I mean, he had a crazy cult. Way ahead of his time when it came down to kind of that uni lifestyle element before anyone else. I Killed mean, it. this guy was churning out content and it was, it was you know, me and he level. used to go back and forth. It was quite funny. Then he reached out to me a while back. I thought I was like, oh, it'd be good to jump on a podcast with yeah, him because yeah. he's gone fucking right down a spiritual path and he mushrooms and all sorts. And do you remember when he went through like a, a spate of doing those videos? He posted it. In his, in his and garden. He's going. He's going. Oh yeah, yeah. Just spacing out. Problem Mike Tyson dry mouth, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you seen, have you heard Mike on, on impulsive. Oh, give a man a drink, man. He's like, nah, it's not weather yet. Yeah, yeah, and he's just <laughs> like impulsive. Jumping. Yeah, it's horrible. But at that point, I think you can you can see the kind of fear of like, right, I'm I've snowboarded, I've got to a position, but I don't really know where to go with it now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's crippling. Sometimes it's like uh, analysis by paralysis. Yeah, paralysis by analysis. Yeah, and I feel that sometimes. I feel like the urge to. Wasn't with one of my right now. We've had, you know, this this last six months, this first half of this year, has been absolutely insane from a from a from a revenue perspective. Mm. You know, <laughs> you don't want to say you don't want to say no, that. No, no. Well, I think you probably can in future years to come. I think it'd be actually really good. A little bit, maybe a little bit long. I just it's a weird thing about money, but we're, we're doing good, right? And every month has been right around the same. Yeah, which over time obviously is incredible. And I look back at that six months, I think I don't want it to be the same. Why is it not going up? Yeah. And and the number's crazy, right? Like relatively, it's not millions, it's not hundreds of thousands, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the the number is crazy. It's it's for, for me personally, and I think I, I need it to go up. And I'm like, right, okay, so, okay, let's do athletes. Let's do an event. Let's do uh, a new product. Let's do this. And I'm like, well, all that costs money. Mm -hmm. So actually like, sometimes that pressure's good, but actually after often that pressure, it just leads you to do nothing. Really? You know, sometimes that 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 pressure to, to continue makes me do too much and I make mistakes. It's hard. Or I just, I just don't know which one to do and I don't do anything. Is it almost like I don't know what to do with this money? Is it that element? Uh, should, I be, should I be now at a point where by revenue skills, should I be now offsetting this for potential housing development projects and things like that? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, why worry less about like what to do with the money, more to do with Honestly, I don't don't really care about the money. I don't need to worry about it anymore. You know, I'm extremely blessed. I don't need to worry. So I don't necessarily worry about the amount coming in and what to do with it. I worry about how do I take the brand up. Yeah. How do I how do I make this twenty thousand, thirty thousand followers? How do I make this thirty two thousand orders next year? Mm -hmm. And that pressure to like, I don't really know. You know, I'm learning as I go. So I don't think many of us know. But like I said, we're the first sort of we're the first social media lot but we're also the first kind of social media lot that have then got products to release so it's a bit like we're not we're not natural businessmen and women sort of thing no. so we do need that support yeah. and there's absolutely no problem in reaching out to people yeah 100 percent. and actually that's something that i've been doing recently i think you know we can shout out chelsea here actually yeah uh, from DigiClick design big up chelsea. uh these guys offer so much from from helping online coaches to helping me with my e-commerce at the moment they're currently just rebranding my website which i'm really excited for yeah once we've got that rebrand of the website, we'll have the rebrand of the website. Everything will be aesthetic as fuck. Yeah. Uh, we, then we've got an email list to go, which realistically speaking for those guys listening, 
it increases your revenue by 10 to 30% having an email list and, mm -hmm. and, and doing targeted emails, uh, exclusive deals for those people on, on, on the email list. So it comes worth it for both people. Yes, you're spending more money with me, but you're actually getting a better discount. And then we've got things like paid ads and, and all this at the building block. So, you know, shout out Chelsea for, for someone who I'm reaching out to for help as well. Yeah. And I know that, that Joe is as well. When do you feel um, like it's the right time to start reaching out to those people? Because is there an element, for me anyway, I sort of look at that and go, that is the the next step in which I need to be in a position whereby I'm ready to take on more work. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like in my mind, when I'm quite content in this kind of bubble, I'm like, right, I'll get to, I'll get itchy feet and go, right, now we need to start thinking about expansion. At that point, I then call on someone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like we've spoken about before, haven't we? YouTubers just entering the game and hiring a videographer. Yeah. Is there yeah. or should there be that time frame whereby you get kind of accustomed to knowing your limits and then understanding, right, in order for me to take one MR to 30,000, at that point, I need to go and, and reach out? Uh, I think it very much will depend on the situation. I think what's allowed me to make the the decision a lot easier is having the coaching. Yeah. So I've got the coaching guy, uh, for those guys who know, I'm an online coach as well. And actually, that's, that's the money, I, that's my money. That's the money I spend. That's the money I pay for my rent, my food, my holidays, everything. So... That's what I mean by I don't need to worry about the money because the, the one of my money I have not touched. I started with 5,000 pounds from one account and I have sold and flipped, sold and flipped, sold and flipped. Amazing. And it, I've never touched any of it apart from tax and, and VAT. Yeah. So that's what's allowed me to make that decision mm -hmm. a lot easier because when it's your baby, and I know this is something that, that I don't know whether you, you're, you're hard on yourself on this, but you're so much more meticulous than I am. You've got your own vision, your own way to do things. Mm. When you handed your reins over to Gigi, like there was a specific reason why that was Gigi, mm. you know, versus finding someone else. So I think I f feel like I found the right people to help me with that. Yeah. Um, I wonder what it, what it was like for you when you wanted to, because obviously when the, web, when the website was booming and you needed that extra help, yeah. what was that decision for you? Just take time off your hands or? It wasn't really time because, you know, it was one or two videos a week that I could easily do, but it was kind of, it was, it was, broadening the image of how I wanted to be perceived and have that additional element of like cinematography and videography like Gigi came to me we had we met for a coffee and I just knew he was the guy because he came with his iPad and it was like three pages and I thought that's all I need like, I need someone on my pattern I need someone on my wave and and I learned so much from him in terms of like you know obviously camera equipment and things like that but also like shot selection and it was it was very new for me because you kind of get wrapped up a little bit. When you do well, you think you're the best, don't you? Yeah, you think, you do. like, I don't need to learn anymore. 100%. You need to always educate yourself, guys and girls. I don't care what point you're in. You have to be proactive in courses, anything, books, any new stuff, following, following people in your sphere. Don't ever get to a point whereby you can see money coming in or followers coming in and go, I've done it now because you have not done it. It's so true, man. Even people at the top, well, that's why they're there. That's why they're there. Exactly. That's exactly why they're there. Because they, because they, even though I'm, mean, I speak to some people, and I don't know whether they're just playing the humble card, but I think they genuinely believe that there's so much more to give. Yeah. And you think they're people that are turning millions over. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, I just got started. I'm like, are you saying that because it sounds good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying that because you're a millionaire and you're just saying you got started? And they're like, no, t like Tom, I'm, there is, so, I've got so much more to give over the next ten years. And I think. That is inc that's inc incredible, yeah. but yeah, I knew Gigi was the guy. I've been you know, we, we were we were friends for some time anyway, and uh, I was kind of consuming a lot of his content through his vlogs, and I was like, yeah, this is the this is the style. Yeah. Even small things like the fact they used Canon, it gave a more natural yeah, skin look, tone. Looks nice. Do you know what I mean? So I was like that, and and you know he was he was incredible throughout prep and big big loss, but he's kind of he's still there because I'll go for a I'll go for some lunch with him, and he he's he's really good at knowing when I'm going through a bit of a fractured yeah. period. Or he will like reach out to Joe and say, how's Tom getting on Joe? So I don't think he's doing good. GG, right, come for lunch, boy. And then yeah. and he will just be like, look, put me on the straight and narrow. He's the, he was the kind of catalyst behind doing what the, the next business venture is. Yeah. And obviously you two guys were like helping that as well. And it was like, right, I needed that. I needed that. Yeah. So it was definitely, it was definitely hard handing that over. Yeah. You know what I did mean? You, did you do it when it was... We did it in lockdown. Yeah. Did you do it when it was... Did you do it because you wanted to put that money somewhere or did you do it because you were fi it was financially viable? Because, I'm, I mean, I'm the way I'm trying to phrase the question is, is yeah. like, 
I hire my videographer. Mm. And it, on paper, realistically speaking, it's not financially viable. Uh, sorry, it's not. Uh, uh, I'm, there's the the ROI, the return on yeah. my investment. I don't get. Yeah. Because I don't get paid x amount from youtube that covers andy's fees i pay with the people that i coach i use that yeah. money to pay him not directly though but you're what you're seeing your expansion with your youtube you know you've got it for me it's very easy because i pay gg x amount yeah my my members go from x to y yeah my return is very good yeah Whereas yours, your return, your return is more there's more of a, yeah, yeah, a kind yeah. you know the fact that i'm paying andy x amount has meant that YouTube's gone up, but now YouTube subscribers have gone up and engagement's gone up, means more 1MR yeah. and coaching. Yeah. So I think it's hard for people it's to really get around that. Yeah. I think people are used to, like if I pay, it's like all the fucking crypto boys, isn't it? If I give yeah. you five, I want 10 bag by the end of the month sort of thing. Yeah. And you need to understand that if you're, you're you may not see an investment for, for some time, man, yeah. but you need to know that that investment, the compounding effect of that investment, you know I mean? Even you started like playing around with like stocks and shares now for your pension, it might not look very good here, but in five, 10 years yeah, time, yeah. the fact that you've invested that money from the start. So all, always start, but I said that before on a couple of podcasts when, when someone asked, what's it like being in a position whereby you're spending all this money and you're, you're not kind of seeing a return? Yeah, it's definitely difficult, but again, like you gotta see that long-term vision. It obviously helps that I can, I, can I can afford it. If I could, if I was scraping by, and I would suggest if you are scraping by and you're thinking, right, I'm gonna go get a videographer to upgrade all my content, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, you, you you could, but where could that money go first to make your life a little bit easier? Correct. Are there any other places that could just absolutely do anything else with it rather than like, I think there's risking it all and there's being silly with it and mm. thinking, right, I make two grand a month, I'm gonna put 1900 of it towards my, my videographer so that my content blows. Your content's not gonna blow. No. My content hasn't blown. I'm not YouTube famous yet. I'm not Instagram famous yet. Yeah. And I haven't been, and I've been doing this for 10 years, right? Uh, we've yeah. had no breaks. We've had no moments where we've gone viral. Mm -hmm. Okay, the odd viral video with a million views, but the conversion's not great on subscribers. Yeah. We've had no huge collabs. We've had no handouts at any point, you know, which is why, in my opinion, our followers are a lot lower, but also why our engagement is so high. Yeah. Because we don't get those huge sporadic views that get a couple million, you get 50,000 followers and they never click on you again. Yeah. Because they've seen you do a 10,000 calorie challenge, which you only do once every year. You know, so you gotta, that investment, it, it can definitely pay off and it will pay off when you do it, but only if you've got the, the, the available funds and it's not gonna put too much stress in your life. Like, no. And, and make everything else worse. No, or reinvest it into educating yourself. Exactly. Like educating you, you've yourself. got a couple of grand to spare, and you've got to think that's a couple of grand on a monthly basis for a videographer. You can you can pump that couple of grand into a course to help you better understand and better yourself at filming yeah. and equipment. Yeah. You know, you know. I think a lot of people get wooed by the idea that the videographer is going to make their content content look a certain way, which is absolutely right. There is an element of I do very much enjoy watching you being filmed in the kitchen as opposed to a tripod in the kitchen. Yeah. I, lo I love watching that. But you can still kind of almost recreate that by getting a decent camera set up. Yeah. You know, and then just being, being choppy. Like if I know I'm doing a three minute scene in the kitchen, during that three minutes, I'm doing a couple of close ups with me putting stuff here in the pan and that just to keep that retention higher. So don't like plaster a videographer. We've said that many a yeah. time before and, and I can see, I can, I can see the new generation now coming up and they're and they're and they're doing. I feel it's necessary. Yeah. And it's like it it waters down everyone. Absolutely. And it, and and guess who's going to start standing out again? In my opinion, guess who's going to start standing out again? The people doing it themselves. Absolutely. And guess which one of my vlogs do better? The ones where I got my fucking hand up Absolutely. and it's personal. It's kind of like it's that weird go to and from. So actually, at the moment, we've just rebranded my video or rebranded. We've just took a different look at my videos, okay. and 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 actually, you know what if. What, what my, my content was very, uh, and it is educational based. Mm. So there is long winded paragraphs and minutes of me talking, but it's not the best for attention. It's not the best for what I want YouTube to be. Yeah. Instagram and TikTok, I can make that much more educational. And actually for the guys who are watching this, a lot of you guys are gonna be educational based, yeah. which is more reason why you can just get a good camera. Absolutely. Because it's like, you don't need someone to sit there. Like I pay Andy for a video for him to set the camera up, like these cameras are set up and I, you know, I pay him 200 quid. I don't need to do that. You know, obviously I do it for inconvenience and it's in the contract, but you can do it yourself very, very easily. Mm -hmm. The wireless mics and everything are really good. So anyway, we've just restructured to film just as much in the week, if not a day extra, mm. but 
take out one of those videos and to be honest, I'll probably take out another video and just go back to one a week. Mm-hmm. Much like you do actually. I do one. And you just, and actually like I've watched your video, um, the IB one that came out yesterday, what, it's 12,000 views, it's killed it overnight. 24, it's the first 24 hour when it's done, yeah. And, and, and I can see why, mm. because every scene is a little bit different. Every 30 to 90 seconds, the the if you're talking for an extended period of time, you'll zoom in, you'll come to a different angle. Yeah. And those little retention techniques, which I kind of ignored because I was like, people are watching my content. It works. So we're going to do a lot more content within the vlog. The same time frame in that vlog, so there's more changes happening. A little bit more animation on the screen. Less pressure on me to perform like three videos a week. I think I'll do two now because I'm prepping. Yeah. But once I'm done with that, I think one and just make it a fucking banger. Film five days a week and make one video. Like, uh, you know? look at this. That's the Joey D. Look at him. And fucking insane. Man. It's so much more valuable. I think it makes people want you more. I think Huge, people. Man. I think people go. When's the next TMZ yeah, vlog? Yeah, absolutely. You know? There is that element of it. It's it's a really hard balance to to uh, to find because I think in the initial stages you need to be producing mass content. I yeah. don't think you should adopt one video a week if you're just starting. Yeah. You need to be doing three. I was doing three. Unless you can like full send it and you've got a big budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you are like, very privileged, already got the, the, the bank for the videography that, that's boxed off. But I remember doing my, my initial routine when I was TM Cycles years ago in the very beginning was steroid vlog, a training vlog and an eating vlog. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. So Monday I talk about like Anavar and then Wednesday I do back and bicep for Cheyenne and Friday I do uh, food. Yeah. I do like a DIY, my protein pancake, whatever, and then you, and then that all of that is so vital, man, because you're you're of those three videos, you're saying, oh, this is getting a good response. The gear, then the training, so then you think, well, maybe I can merge the two somehow together. I get yeah. more, and then I just do that. So it is vital when when you first start to mass content create, and then when you are at a point whereby right, I can start getting a bit fancy now with the aesthetics and and certain things. That's at the point you step in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's interesting to, to hear that you've taken on taken on that approach. See how it goes for a couple of months and just oh, like give more than what people are expecting. Yeah. I think the vlogs that I love the most, I mean, I love David Dobrik. Yeah. His videos are sick. Incredible. And the title is Give My uh, Friend a Tesla, or Steve will do it at the moment, is unbelievable. Gives my mum a Lamborghini, right? He gives his mum a Lamborghini. He also gives his friend two watches. Mm. He also gives his other friend this. He also does this. He also goes to a party with six nine. Yeah. He also and, and I'm like, oh shit. Like there's so much you go and you go in there and you go, oh this is in it and you stay and you stay yeah. and it kind of like forces that retention. I think uh I think I do think a lot of people listen to this are probably not living the lifestyles that we no. <laughs> that, and me and me either. No. That that can then can keep it massively interesting, which is even more reason to film over more days because if you take a week and you're a bodybuilder on prep. Yeah. What am I doing? Of course. You but know, people so. are so invested in your people know ins and outs of everything. They want to know what sunbed shop you go. They want to know what tan you use. And yeah. you think you're, if you're at a point whereby you're ignoring those questions and you're just like being stubborn and like, no, I want to create this content. Yeah. The amount of people that love, some guy commented the other day, was like, I missed the, the whole sort of handheld stuff. And I was like, I haven't handheld vlogging ages, man. Every every shot I do, God, it's not the same I bird, thought, is I it? I thought that was uh, looking out there then. She's waiting for me. My heart just went a bit then. Is it her? God, no, it's not. I'll go out first. I'll drop the elbow quick. Elbow's right. out. But the... Uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Got scared then. Did you get adrenaline shot? Just then. Yeah. yeah I'm all so cold. did I. <laughs> so did I. I've gone all cold. I thought she was gonna fucking barge you. It's when she walked over with the double fingers up. I thought, oh, I'm gonna yeah. get a slap here. I haven't been hitting ages as well. Uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. Might be quite a nice time to wrap up, but uh, yeah. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I hope you took a little bit of a uh, bit of value from that. Gave you a little insight into our kind of origins. And, and a few tips for you guys that are, you know, the newer generation, because we see them now, the big, t- the, the TikTokers are coming through, and some of their engagement is crazy. It's man. crazy. It's absolutely insane. I just, I just, I just feel like that style of content that pops, mm. like a Jack Joseph, mm. you got a very short timeline because you're gonna get old. And then all those little kids that follow you are gonna go, this guy's a bit old. Yeah. You know, so you've got like, okay, if you pop off at 18, great, you've probably got a good career until 25. Yeah. And then and then, and then, then you've got that seven years to change that audience, mold with the audience and build Absolutely. your brand. Absolutely. But a lot of these guys who are just like, uh, they've got that little gimmicky, uh, little gimmicky thing that they do. Mm, I find it infuriating. And uh, I, I, I think something. it's short lived. I think people go, oh, this is so funny, but. Yeah. 
guess what? Like we're all, we're all talking about Johnny Depp at the moment. We're going to forget that next year. Yeah. You know, you have to get in and out. I think you have, you have to, if you're make your bag. Yeah. hundred percent. If you're one of the new lot that are coming in now and you're seeing quick success, you get into those 50 K hundred K followers, get that five year to eight year game plan set, mate. Yeah. Make bank, just work like a fucking dog for the next eight years, so that the money you make, you can you can retire, mate. Yeah. You can look back at the, all the other the new generation killing themselves, like, like trying to get the not killing themselves like that. I mean, like killing themselves to create content and fucking bending over backwards and being because you know for all those people on camera like da, 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 and they turn the camera off. Oh fuck! Yeah, got to do that again. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to keep up that. It's hard to maintain that level of intensity. It's very do you difficult. Know what I mean, it's very difficult. Good chat, GGS. Peace and love, everybody. See you very soon. See you next week.